Welcome to Fresh Thoughts powered by Freshworks. My name is Deepthi and I am the host for this podcast. Today with us we have Suman Gopalan. Suman is the CHRO at Freshworks. Welcome to Fresh Thoughts Suman. Thank you Deepthi. Happy to be here. I've been wanting to get you on this podcast for quite some time now and I'm so glad you could make it. And you work with companies like Dell Inc, you know, uh, Nielsen and now with Freshworks. Could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, although now I'm in the field of HR, uh, I started initially with uh, computer science as my background. Um, and like everybody else, I wanted to be a techie. Um, but somewhere along the line, as I was doing, uh, you know, my post-graduation, um, I specialized in human resources. And that's really how I developed an interest in the area of human resources. And ever since... Uh, you know, that's been my journey, my career. Um, I've worked with um, a number of organizations, but primarily in roles that have been in business partnership, uh, leadership development, organization development, large scale change management. Um, and it's also kind of helped me go from being in India to living in China, Singapore, doing global roles. So that's really what's kept me interested and in continuing to be in this HR field as well. That's great to hear. And today, you know, I'd like to talk to you about the leader position that you're in right now. Sure. Right? A great CHRO must be a change champion who has the ability to disrupt, pivot and try new things. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like an entrepreneur. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I absolutely agree. I think any good CHRO needs to really understand the business context for their role. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing besides being a functional and a technical expert in HR, the role of a CHRO really is to look at where are we trying to go as a business and what do we need to do from a people and leadership standpoint. And when you put that lens on, you have to be thinking about how do we continue to remain successful? What are some of the things that we need to do in order to be where we want to be in three to five years time from now? And that necessarily requires that you start innovating, you start thinking differently, because what makes you successful today is not going to be the same recipe for success three to five years from now. And so you're very right. As a CHRO, the primary role is to be able to think ahead and see where we need to go, how do we get there, and be agile in terms of our ability to learn and grow and move towards that vision. You know, we spoke about earlier, uh, ability to innovate also, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now, in um, in today's uh, work environment, right, uh, we need to be, I feel that we need to be very innovative, and I'll tell you why also. Uh, because there we have this, the generation today is very quick, you right. know, extremely quick and fast in their thinking. So how do you develop, you know, a highly engaged workforce here at Freshworks? You're right in that today's workforce, uh, unlike any other generation, is so much more connected. They have access to information. Uh, they're always online. Uh, all that differentiates them from a previous generation. But if you look at it across all the generations that have come to the workforce, maybe if you just look at it from, you know, the baby boomers on, Mm -hmm. every single generation has had something unique about them. 
But at the core of it, what makes an employee tick, what keeps an employee engaged, hasn't really changed that much. Because there are four or five big things under which you can classify what keeps a person engaged. Mm -hmm. First and foremost is the kind of work you do. Now, the kind of work you do might change generationally. But at the end of the day, I need to really like what I do. So everything around, are we able to really attract talent and keep them excited about the kind of work they do is the first driver of engagement. The second one really is all about the manager and the cohort group they work with. Do they get inspired by them? Do they get to learn from them? Is that somebody or is that a group that they can relate to is very important. The third actually is around the company they work for. Uh, does the purpose of the company resonate with me? Do I buy into the kind of uh, growth we are looking at, the strategy? Does the senior leadership inspire me? All that is a big driver of how I think about an organization and would I want to be in that organization. And the last part of it is my workplace, mm -hmm. which is around the culture, the environment in the workplace and all of that. Now, all of these, I would say, are the biggest reasons why anybody is engaged across generations. It's true of this generation as well. So when you really want to think about what drives motivation, what drives engagement, it honestly boils down to this. The culture, the environment, the, workplace. Um, the ability for them to get inspired and energized by your vision, your strategy, the manager, and ultimately the kind of work they do. It's a, it's a whole cycle. Yeah? It is, absolutely. Yes. Uh, how does Fred, how do we at Freshworks, uh, we spoke about this earlier, create a culture of entrepreneurship? I mean, we are a young company. Right. 24 is the age. Right. And so, um, and we have so many, uh, the talent from different backgrounds. You know? Absolutely. So how do you create this culture of entrepreneurship in this company, you know? So the first ingredient, I would say, uh, for doing something like that is, I think you rightly pointed out, the diversity that we have in this org. Um, I think one of the things we've done very thoughtfully is to say that we will hire people for their capability and the potential they have without putting artificial blinders around it in terms of, you know, you need to be from a certain school or you need to be from a certain uh, company or you need to be from a certain background. What that's allowed us to do is we really have people with so many different backgrounds and personalities who flourish over here. Like you come from an arts background. We have people from theater. We have people who are sports people who work at Freshworks. And when you have so many different diverse personalities, diverse backgrounds coming together, I think that in itself creates an environment where multiple different ideas, multiple different uh, ways of doing things can thrive. That's the foundation for having an entrepreneurial workplace. The other piece that I would say that we do pretty well at Freshworks and we want to thoughtfully retain that as well, is that we look for ideas across the organization. There are various ways in which we can constantly encourage people to come up with ideas whether it is you know, encouraging them through the internal appetons we have or you know, the fresh labs that we do or including asking people for their frank opinion on Voxpop. 
right? It's encouraging this whole ability for people to speak up and be able to be creative and problem solve. I think that continues to promote the spirit of entrepreneurship, the spirit of innovation in this company. Uh, Nasuman, when we have people from different uh, diverse backgrounds in a company, one of the foundation and the fundamental thing that's very important and you know takes the I don't know top place is the corporate culture, right? Uh, because without that, it's almost like like a backbone of any company, right? So how important, right, is the corporate culture? Not just when you speak or put it in words on a paper, mm-hmm. but how can a company, right, start imbibing this, right. you know? Uh, in their employees, you know. So for us, if you look at it, Deepthi, it actually started the other way. Mm-hmm. If you look at what we've defined as our culture, is actually what has been our practice. And we have distilled the best of it and put it into words as our culture quotes, right? Uh, when Girish started this company, he had a very strong point of view about the kind of organization he wanted to build you know, the kind of talent that he wanted to bring in, the kind of environment that they would work in and all of that. And over time, that's what's evolved into our culture. Some of the practices that we had that made us successful is really what we continue on today. So fortunately, we've not had the challenges of actually having to translate them into practice. Uh, So that's one way of looking at it. But having said that, Our culture is very unique and what allows people from diverse backgrounds to thrive in this culture is if you look at our culture codes, you can't put a personality to it. In a number of different places, if you really read a lot of the culture codes, you can almost always uh, associate a certain personality to it. And that is where you find that then the organization becomes a certain personality. You know, that's when you start talking about the type A or, uh, you know, that kind. Ours, fortunately, doesn't have any of that. What it has is a set of values that we hold ourselves to in terms of, you know, the kind of work we do, whether it's craftsmanship, you know, being proud of the work we deliver and being able to put our name on it Mm -hmm. in terms of how we play as one team or in terms of how we practice uh, the value of speaking up Right? All these are values or behaviors. It, you can never associate a personality with any of it. Okay. I think that's the key in making sure that your culture allows different kinds of people to thrive in it. How important is it to start bringing in the culture right at the beginning, whereas waiting for an organization to maybe get 200 numbers and start? Actually, it's too late to start at that stage. When you're a startup, as a founder, You have to have a point of view, not only about your business plan, but about the kind of organization you want to create. Because the first few people that you hire are really going to set the tone for your organization. So in general, typically what we all tend to do is we go and try and find the best people for that role, right? We look for functional technical expertise and, uh, you know, people who have a background in doing Mm -hmm. it and who can come and do it. But we don't really pay much attention to the kind of people who come and work. Uh, But that is really where your culture starts evolving. If you try and do it later on, then it becomes a little bit more of an academic exercise, you know, where it's 
culture is more about what you aspire to be than what you really are. Right. Whereas if you do it from the beginning, it is really a statement of who you are and how you want to evolve. Culture always evolves, but it has to start somewhere. And it's much, much uh, easier and much more important if you start from day one. Absolutely. How important is career development than your career growth? Or are they both the same? I think it's a balance. To me, when people talk about growth, somehow it gets associated with growing in, um, say, a rank or a position or a designation, right? Growing up the organization. Whereas when you talk about development, it becomes more personal about what is it that you're trying to develop or what is it that you're really trying to gain from an experience. When you think about your career, everybody, of course, wants to do things fast. You know, uh, our backgrounds, our academics always incentivizes us to be, you know, the best or the fastest or, you know, be in the top percentile of something. But when you put that lens to your career, I think it's a little bit artificial to some extent. Because at the end of the day, it's not important how fast you reach some place. It's important you continue to stay there and you, it's important you continue to be number one, right, wherever it is. Which is why, to your point, development becomes a lot more important. And the way I think about career development is there are two uh, dimensions to it. One is the breadth mm -hmm. of the responsibilities that you handle. How can you start expanding, you know, from being an individual contributor to a team leader, to a manager, to a manager of managers, to being a leader? That's the breadth. Uh, you can also think about it in terms of, you know, geographical, global, whichever lens you want to look at it. But the other important piece is depth. How do you make sure that you have a portfolio of experiences in your kitty? What I mean by that is, even if I were to take the example of HR, right, you can be a HR business partner, but what are the different kinds of experiences you've had? Do you have experience in, uh, you know, start, uh, in startups? Do you have experience in uh, you know, developing teams in a high growth environment? Have you done large scale change management? Have you done mergers and acquisitions? Um, you know, things like that are very important for you to grow so that you know what are the different kinds of experiences that you need to round yourself out as a business partner. The other thing is the depth, which means that functionally and technically, how are you adding to your vault of experience? Mm -hmm. right? Again, going back to the experience of HR, you can continue to be a generalist who kind of spans across all areas of HR, but if you really want to be stellar when you get to a position of leadership, you have to build depth, right. which means do you have experience, and I mean in-depth experience, in one of the functional areas within HR, like say mergers and acquisitions, um, or say um, in talent acquisition, do you have experience in employer branding, do you have experience in leading you know, high growth talent acquisition teams, do you have experience in LNOD, in de developing or coaching leaders? That's the portfolio of, um, what should I say, functional depth that you need to have. Because ultimately, if you desire to be in a position of leadership, if you desire to be in a position of 
you know, having achieved great success, you need both of these. Mm -hmm. So when you think about your career, I'd say put both dimensions to it. Growth, not just in terms of, you know, the width and the breadth of it, but also in the depth. Uh, What does Freshwork believe in the core of Freshworks when it comes to the talent and our business? And what is the dream that we have in Freshworks? If you look at the vision which we live and which we operationalize in everything that we do, is our purpose, our vision, is to build products that will enable our customers and their team members to deliver moments of wow to their customers. Every single product we build is built around this vision, right? Whether it is in terms of the usability of our product, the design, the UI, all of it is designed with the purpose of helping our customers deliver moments of wow. When you translate that into who we are as a company, uh, who we are as an employer, I think it's the same. As a company, we want to build a workplace that is a happy work environment where people thrive in the work that they do, they um, enjoy the kind of work they do, and as a company, we can deliver moments of wow for our own employees, whether it is in their workplace experience or it is in their work experience that they have. Right. As a leader of an organization, you know, especially when you're in human resources, there are a lot of people who look up to you, not just in HR, but various functions, right? right. I feel that, you know, HR head is like a catalyst for mm-hmm. any company. So what are the learnings you can share with us at Freshworks right now? I think one of the things that I have learned over time, you are the best ambassador for your work. And so anything you do, whichever role you do, strive to set the bar higher than what is expected. That's something I've personally believed in. And it fits into what we say at uh, Freshworks around craftsmanship as well is set your bar higher than what somebody else expects you as well. That's something that I think we should all have in terms of how we think about our work and how we approach our work. The second thing I've learned is if you want to distinguish yourself in your career or if you want to um, you know, do something that others wouldn't do, I'd say take a few risks. Early on in your career, don't uh, be afraid to take a few risks. Uh, Don't let yourself be defined by what you think is a traditional career path. What I mean by that is early on in my career, I had an opportunity to do something that may not have been at that point in time the best move uh, from a career standpoint, Mm -hmm. which was, uh, you know, moving to China. Uh, this was many years ago when right. you know China was still up and coming. It wasn't the way it is perceived right now. Uh, to me, it was an adventure. Uh, but it turned out to be one of the turning points in my career. I learned so much uh, about not just my functional skills, but really as a uh, professional in HR. How do you go from a position of you know being very comfortable where you are? You know, you you. You know what you're doing when you're in an English-speaking country, Mm -hmm. but you're a HR leader in China 
where you have to connect with people and you don't speak the language, right? You learn a lot about not just doing a cut paste of everything and assuming that what works here is going to work there. Right. But I learned a lot. That's what I was coming with it is take a few risks early on in your career. Don't be afraid to. And you'll find that these are the things that will help you differentiate yourself from the others. Interesting. All right, Suman. Thank you so much uh, for being on our podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you. My pleasure, Deepthi. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you so much for listening in. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask Suman, uh, please write in to us at freshthoughts at freshworks.com. I'll go ahead and uh, close this podcast for now. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day ahead.